Welcome to the podcast. My name is Father Bill W. I'm an Episcopal priest living here in Austin, Texas, and I've had the gift of recovery since December the 27th of 1972. Gosh, I guess that's coming up uh, on 51. It's not too long for now. Okay. Purpose of these podcasts is to try to go a little bit deeper into um, the spirituality, the history, the psychology uh, underlying the 12-step program. Um, and uh, many years ago, 30 years ago, 31 now, uh, kind of stumbled on um, this thing they called two-way prayer, which was the form of meditation and prayer that they did in uh, the Oxford group and in early AA. Totally changed my life, and I'd uh, have spent a lot of time kind of looking into that, studying it, uh, and then uh, my guidance has been to try to get that out to people in 12-step recovery, because I think it uh, can be a real life changer. So go to our uh, our, our website, it's titled Two-Way Prayer, study up on that and start doing the practice if you're not already. This is now the second episode in our series that we're doing, titled it Recovery Gems, and Gems is also the title of a book uh, written by my guest, Andy C., who is coming to us from Victoria, Canada. And there's a link to the book, and there's also a link to Andy's website and a way to contact him right there. Put both of those in the show notes. Uh, Andy's a a very successful attorney. He's in long-term recovery from alcohol addiction, sober since 1977. So he's, he's, I have to be careful, he's catching up up to me there. (laughs) And... uh, In his first episode, um, he kind of talked about uh, the difference between being an old timer and a long timer and Mm. uh, the importance of keeping beginners mind. uh, And that's that's really so important that we can get jaded and uh, things can become stale. So welcome back to the podcast, Andy. Oh, thanks, Bill. Good. Good to see you again. It's always such a pleasure. And, you know, your website material, you point people towards your website. I, I just want to tell everybody who's watching this or listening to it, it's so readable. It's just terrific stuff. So so I'd like to to come back to also what you said about beginner's mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's there's a, a huge truth in that. And 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 your your work taking us back to the founders and how they worked with Oxford group traditions like two-way prayer and guidance is, is so important because they were beginners. Uh, the, our founders were beginners in this venture. <laughs> they didn't have any choice. <laughs> well, that's right. That's right. Yeah, but, yeah. And, and, but as beginners, they, they, uh, they were beginners with a real sense of adventure. Yeah. They, they, they would do anything, you know, they, we read about and we laugh about the the solutions they had to alcoholism. There was a uh, uh, sauerkraut and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, to, you know, tomatoes and tomato and juice, right? But they, they were they were adventures. Uh, they they if it worked, they did it, and they didn't ask questions. And uh, and they they were exploring spirituality. You know, Bill Wilson with Shoemaker. Uh, but also with uh, Father Ed Dowling in St. Louis, I mean, and, and all the way to uh, uh, Huxley in California. Right. They were passionate and adventuresome, and they had beginner's minds. Right. 
there's a Canadian scholar, uh, Charles Taylor, and he wrote a book called the, it'll come to me in a minute. But in his book, he talks in, in, in medieval times and pre-medieval, everything was enchanted. Mm -hmm. But through the enlightenment and through history growth, we've become disenchanted. Right. Uh, and I think a lot of what we need to do is get back to being enchanted. And that's not just alcoholics. That's everybody. That's uh, all of us. All yeah, of us. absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, in this, uh, in this episode, uh, we're, we're going to dive <laughs> into uh, chapter two of gems. And <laughs> this one is entitled serenity and growth. And um, in your introduction to the chapter, Andy, uh, you share that it took you a while uh, to kind of get your settings straight. That's the expression you use. Mm. Uh, you say you had a change from a goal of feeling good to a goal of accepting life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Talk about that a little bit. What yeah. was that like for you? There was two dimensions. You know, you know it, 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 looking back on it, it seemed like I was born with factory settings or default settings. Mm -hmm. uh, like a, a piece of equipment, a dishwasher. I, I right. had factory settings. Um, and the factory settings were all around ego and feeling good. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I had to change that from ego and feeling good to character development and accepting life, which sometimes felt good, but sometimes didn't. That was a huge problem for me. I mean, just there was a, and when I think when I think about it, it's that's an enormous task. You know, this morning I, I put dishes in the dishwasher and I pressed the button and it went to the factory settings. Well, if I had to change the factory settings in my dishwasher, oh my lord, I'd have to call in it. I think I'd need probably a computer programmer to reset all the chips and you know. Right. Changing the factory settings on anything is really difficult because you're going deep. You know, it's the, they are they're embedded in the factory. So something in me was orienting me to ego satisfaction and pain avoidance or pleasure. And I had to change that to not just being ego to, involved with my ego, but focusing on my character development and accepting life, whether it was painful or not. And I couldn't do it on my own. Just couldn't. Uh, I needed it. Kind of, it kind of reminds me of, of, uh, of Jung that the first half of life is to develop an ego, mm -hmm. uh, to achieve, to become, all of those good things, which are important. Mm -hmm. but, but then there comes, he calls it the second half of life. I'm, I've always been, you know, around age 35 or something. Uh, I, I'm kind of convinced that when you come into recovery, you're into that second half of life. You're being presented with what that second half of life looks like, wherein the rules change. If you're still into ego development, mm -hmm. you know, e ego satisfaction, mm -hmm. you're going to miss it because it's, it's time to shift the factory settings into letting go, you know, yeah. and, and, and living life on life's terms. And and that's so important. And 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 you know, you're in a couple of several of your podcasts, you focused on Harry Tebow's yeah. uh, gifts to our fellowship and and to psychiatry and and the resilience and persistency of the ego 
uh, is just a, it's astounding. And you know, he he recognized it, but we all see, we see it in the rooms every day. It just comes back and comes back and comes back. I see it in the mirror. <laughs> I don't have to go to the rooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah, just look in the mirror. Yeah, yeah, yeah I got, yeah. I got to watch it, and that's that. But that, Andy, is what keeps it fresh. If you think you've done it, then then things get stale. But if it, you're set on a course of transformation, it's endless. Yeah, I, of course. But well, it can keep you fresh and we have to we have to keep it fresh yeah. or we go stale and the yeah. keeping it fresh is kind of the subject of this uh, this chapter which is yeah. uh, emotional sobriety right. yeah. yeah not not just not just not drinking not drugging not overeating those are all maybe first steps to getting there yeah but um sometimes a relapse too can really teach you more than a you know uh hundred lectures or something you know it's the pain the yep. pain can be a heck of a teacher so when i'm restless irritable and discontent you know as the book talks about some people say oh isn't that awful i don't think it's awful i think it's an indicator <laughs> that i've strayed and if i'll pay attention to it wake up as 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 you say then it, then i can listen to it it's trying to tell me something you can, you know, you use the word uh, pain as a teacher. There is a, a teaching element to pain. Mm -hmm. There's also a, a big motivation element um, that, mm -hmm. that, you know, Bill, you refers to the people quote him a lot. Pain is the touchstone of growth. Right. Um, it, it, it's a motivator. And, and for me, it, it motivated me to, to growth and, and, not escape so the old way ego and 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 seeking pleasure if i hit pain i sought an escape uh with the acceptance now i face it and 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 grow and one of the escapes was was alcohol but you know i discovered others once i stopped drinking i discovered other escapes that's right that's right other addictions other addictions and exactly they can, they can exactly. go to that you know anger and, and acting out and Food. simple you know i smoking for me was an escape it was an, right. an avoidance and uh but all of these tricks that i had to avoid life and avoid pain uh, i had to put aside but again going back to this factory settings idea it was i mean you're going back to bedrock stuff here mm -hmm. and and you know bill in the chapter I talked about uh, Bill's famous essay uh, entitled Emotional Sobriety. I think the grapevine has now published three books, Emotional Sobriety One, Two, and Three. Mm. You know, it's a big subject. And, Absolutely. And, and Bill, he writes about emotional sobriety. This is the, the big breakthrough that he saw both in Alcoholics Anonymous and outside AA as well. It's something that we can bring to the world. You know, he he kept growing. He did not stop. You know, he had his one spiritual awakening, the white light experience in, in Towns Hospital. That were great. But he kept working on it. And he kept, 
you know, he developed the steps and the and the and the big book, and he, and he kept growing the program with traditions. And as we talked about earlier, they, they all of the founders, he and the other, they were all chasing, not chasing, that's not pursuing avenues to sobriety and spiritual growth. That's what they were after. Of course, Bill also hit a ten or eleven year period of deep depression. Oh, uh, horrible depression! Horrible uh, depression. You know, they, his secretary uh, was interviewed and, and she said it was just awful that he, he would just, you know, he'd just sit, sit at his desk and, and literally weep, mm -hmm. which is to say that we, we just because we sober up, life is not a, a bowl of cherries. It's, uh, right. you know, and, and he was but, dealing with that emotional sobriety during that time or not dealing with it. You know, I mean, he was struggling with it. That, that's, that was his battle. That was his battle, and it was his victory. I had uh, my uncle, uh, my, my father's brother, was a, a lion in AA and, and in the recovery community. He's passed on now. But, and and he was, he'd been long sober when I sobered up. And one day I, I went to visit him. He was living in Omaha, Nebraska at this time. Uh, I talked to him and I and I asked him, I said, Bill, with all your years in the program, what's the center of gravity? You know, what, what's the what, what's the axle around which everything revolves in, in alcoholics? And he and he thought for a long moment. And then he said, he said, boy, that's a that's a great question, which just showed how wise he was. He understood that I could ask great questions. And I was one. <laughs> My first thought was ego, of course. But then he said. He said the center of gravity in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous is love. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I'm a child of the 60s. I, I thought, oh, God, you know, this is so trivial, Bill. You've got to have a deeper answer than that. I didn't say that, but, I, but now I understand the truth of what he was saying. And that's what Bill found in his, and that's what he writes about in his article on emotional sobriety. The key to his depression Right. was unconditional love and and that's what he found and that's the key to two-way prayer also it is that you put yourself into a listening mode i call it where that's what i'm hearing unconditional love yep you you can hear it if you're open to it yeah and it's a different voice yeah from the it voice is. of the ego yeah it it it's you know it yeah and and the ego will filter it, and and but they and 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 the, and the steps, in my view, yeah. working and in my experience, working the steps over and over, has resulted or deepened my spiritual awakenings. Mm -hmm. And this is a, another theme that I work on in this in this part of the book. You know, the step twelve, which is the capstone, talks about a spiritual awakening. And if I can have a spiritual mm -hmm. awakening, I can have another. And yeah. and my first sponsor pointed out, and I point out to my guys too, these steps don't wear out with use. It's <laughs> in fact they improve, feel more. But whenever I do, whenever I work through the steps, I have another spiritual awakening. And my first was and just enough to to sober up and and stay off the booze, Boy, which when I say just enough, that I mean that was huge. And then my second was really to stay stopped. But then I learned to implement the program 
and practice the steps and induce the principles of the program in all my affairs. Awakenings for me are serial. Like I, I it's, mm -hmm. it's not that I awaken and that's it. It's done, over and done with, right? No, I, I can I can be a bit awake and then a bit more awake. When I when I wake wake up in the morning, I'm not a morning. Are you a morning person? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, my wife is a morning person as well. Yeah. I, I'm convinced that people who are burst out of the bed and are bright and cheery actually they're masking deep psychological problems <laughs> no I, hey i don't wake up happy joyous and free oh okay. I, I wake up in terror and i better get my act together quickly <laughs> it's just that i get up early and uh, i function better between five and you know in the morning yeah. and five in the nighttime i'm shot <laughs> well, that's what i mean by a morning person I I don't get up well in the morning. I mean, I'm no, I'm groggy and 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 I get up and the first thing I do is I hit my knees and I say, God, actually I, I use a prayer. I arise, as I get up, I arise, O God, Lord, to do thy will. And I say that just it's automatic. I if I had to think about it, I wouldn't. And I and I go into the bathroom and I splash some water on my face mm -hmm. and I comb my hair. It, 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 that's the first awakening. Uh, then I go in and I and I get a cup of coffee and I take a first sip and that's that's really a kind of a second awakening. Thank God for coffee. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean that seriously. Yeah. Oh, I God, you did you did well with that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, but then I have breakfast and and I'm a bit more awake. And my wife now knows that it's okay. Now he's had breakfast. Is he civilized? He can talk to him my awakenings are progressive and my mm -hmm. spiritual awakening was progressive and 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 you know my my spiritual life is different now than it was five years ago and three years ago and it's been a progression of awakenings mm -hmm. and i i i heard that in your story when i first heard you and you talked about meeting your friend earl Thank husband you. was his name Thank he, you. he was an aa archivist in oklahoma it, city Exactly. Yeah. About meeting him. And, and, and the sort of the, it, you didn't use this, but it, it was as if the scales fell from your eyes. That's right. And you, it, so I, I heard that and I thought, ah, oh, this Bill Wigmore, he's like me. He's had another spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. And uh, so they, they come. Yeah. When, when, especially when they're most needed. That's mm -hmm. right. That may be the purpose of the pain stuff. Uh, Certainly in the beginning days, there's the purpose of the pain. Yeah, the gift of desperation, we call it. You yeah. know, it's not, not just for the newcomer. Yes. You know, you can get desperate at 20, 30, 40 years sober too. And it's not all bad. No, no. It's not all bad. So you have a chapter in there uh, on, uh, am I host to God? Or am I slave to my ego? Yeah, which is kind of what we're, we're starting to talk about. Can you run with that baby for a while? Yeah, no, that was a it was a great share that I heard in a meeting, and I I dwelled on it, and and it, it it's yeah, I think it's a huge insight. There's a couple of insights in there: uh, a host to God or slave to my ego. Mm. It's really easy to become a slave. To become a slave is instantaneous you think back to roman days all you had to do was lose the battle 
and and you're a slave. You're locked in chains and you're marched away. It's so easy. To be a host takes a lot more work. You have to think about, you know, you're going to host a meal. You got to think about your menu. You got to get the food organized. You send out the invitations. You got to be a host is harder work and longer than it is to be a slave. But then once you become a slave, now the pain and misery starts. It's tough, tough being a slave. And being a slave to my ego is very hard. Once you're a host and the guests have arrived and you're entertaining them, now it's easy. It's 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 work, but it's fun. It's enriching and satisfying. So there's this trap. The easy path is the ego path because it's instantaneous. It's quick, but then it gets really hard. That's many of us tried to find a softer, easier way. Exactly. Okay. And that's and that and that's why that factory default setting to ego is so uh, it just goes it goes easily, but then it's mm-hmm. hard. On the other hand, if I want to host God, if I want to invite God into my life, it's going to take some work. It takes prayer and meditation. Uh, it takes working with others and 12 step. It takes all of this stuff. But once God has come into my life, now I have a rich joyful happier freer life free me from the bondage of self yep the slavery of self is what you're talking about there that's right well slavery slavery is a is is a bondage yeah and uh yeah and it's hard i mean it's you lose control and oh it's i mean but it looks it it's so easy it's so easily done I, I wish Wilson had had spent more time talking about this when he talks about it, but he didn't. It, I never got it never got into the big book, but he but he said uh, when when Ebby um, came to visit him, it was like he was chained in a cave, and he could see his family calling him out of his slavery, mm-hmm. uh, and his friends and his doctors, and he couldn't break free. And then Ebby walks into the cave, takes his hand, and leads him out. It's a beautiful, beautiful description of yeah. the feeling state, the emotional state yeah. of the addict when we when we meet somebody who's found the answer to our own slavery. These people are free. They're happy, joyous, and free. And I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you do it? <laughs> Tell yeah. me how you do it, guy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's and and there's there, there's a process issue that you've touched on, too, that that mm. they discovered that Bill discovered with Ebby and then brought to Dr. Bob the process of identification. You know, yeah. I write about the importance of of Ebby looking attractive. You know, Bill, Bill described him in the big book. As there was something in his eyes, he, there was right. something about him. There was, and it was attractive. And I think that that that's so important for us, particularly as old timers, to look attractive, not not to put it on, but actually to be attractive. And this is why it's so important for for old timers to to continue to grow because they, we newcomers want to see that well they don't want to see it but they can see that spark of life that joy that joy of life that that we can discover and find if we have serial spiritual awakenings 
But you know, the attraction for me was honesty. Not that I've got it all together. I was playing I've got it all together my whole life. Yeah. I was then confronted by people who say, I don't have it all together. And it's okay not to have it all together. You know? Oh, yeah. that's freedom. Yeah. That's real freedom. I mean, we, we can get locked into the persona and look good and yeah. all that happy nonsense, but it ain't real. And, and, you know, the emotionally something's registering inside. I mean, I'm a pretty good BS, uh, spotter. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that, you know, Be, because I'm, I'm full of it myself. And, and part of, part of what you're talking, what we're talking about here in being attractive, it's an overused word. It's, it's it started in the nineties, but the word authentic, there's an authenticity, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. which is it's deeper and more meaningful than mere honesty. Uh, it is, it, we're dealing with an authentic self. And, and again, that comes from spiritual awakenings, uh, which is the result of practicing these steps in all our affairs. Right. Yeah. We need to pay more attention to that part of step 12, you know, ha having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we so quickly move to, I got to go help other people. Yeah. You know, it's, it's there and it's important. Uh, but boy, don't miss that, uh, that first one. Cause that's, uh, that's the challenge. The first one being uh, uh, having had a spiritual awakening, having right. had the yeah, yeah, go into that and, in some depth is what we need to do. And it's and and your your use of the word depth, I think, is so important because it is it's deep. It's like oh. digging a hole. When you dig a hole with a shovel, you, you keep working. Like if you, as soon as you stop, you're there. Yes, you're not going to dig any deeper. But as as long as you keep digging with the with the shovel, which is the steps. That's the instrument that we've been given, and and uh, it's a marvel. Yeah. Marvelous. Yeah. Now, now you 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 and I and and uh, I'm in a real uh, minority position on this, and I know that you know that that I only work steps ten, eleven, and twelve, you know, and that that's a real minority thing. But my position is in ten, eleven, and twelve, I find all of the other steps being present, you know. Yeah. So it's I, it's it is inventory, it is watchfulness, uh, but I, I, you know, um, well, I don't want to go off on that that too much. It's just uh, you know, I I think we we come to the same place that there's a process, there's something that's happening through those steps, is what yeah. what you're saying, uh, that reduces ego, that aligns us uh, with God and true self and and relieves us of that bondage um and that's what people see in people who've who've got it chuck chamberlain i know you're familiar with uh, yeah. new pair of glasses i mm -hmm. saw him in atlanta i was five or six years sober and i swear to god when he came out on the stage to to give his talk uh there was a light around his face <laughs> I mean, it, he, he was just shining. I, you could feel it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's, I think, what you're, what you're talking about there. When, when, when we we got to be offering people more than just drudgery. It's got to be exciting, especially for young people. 
Yes. We have to be exciting. Yeah. And, uh, and we have to be excited. And it's and and excited both. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Back to back to the beginning of this podcast, we have to have beginners' minds. The same attitude uh, as the founders. Is, right. This is, is an adventure, and uh, and a, and an adventure in sobriety. It's. I mean, oh, you know, I, Bill. I'm sure you're the same. But uh, I see guys go back out drinking, and and some of them don't make it. They they die. That's right. And I just. Oh, my heart breaks. But it I watched. Me. I watched him in in my early sobriety. Uh, yeah, you know, and George George would go out and, and I'll be back, uh, and, and he couldn't get back. No, and, couldn't get back. And I, you know, I weep. I weep. Uh, some days I get angry with God for for visiting this curse upon us. But you know, it's, then I, it redouble, I redouble my efforts. I say, okay, get back to work because there's behind George, if, 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 who just died, there are others, others who want what we have, but it's. Yeah. You know, and George, George carries a hell of a lesson. Hell of a, a very important lesson. Uh, you know, I, one of my, my expressions is that an, a, an awful lot of guys have paid a terrible price for my sobriety. That's uh, it's well said. Yeah, it's well it's, said. But no, it's just uh, it's for all of us to to just keep engaged and keep going, because we, you know, I, uh, another one of the the, <laughs> the little gems in that I in this chapter is is uh, is the rule of three ups. I, it was Harold in in Calgary. It was a great great share and you know he, he said we can when we're drinking we can we can die and be covered up uh, we can go insane and be locked up or we can come to AA and we can sober up and I thought oh it's great you know there's the three ups we mm -hmm. can die and be covered up go insane and be locked up or we can come to AA and be sober up and then the next morning I made note of it in my little notes and I was thinking about it the next morning I thought you know there's another rule of three ups in a we can freeze up we we can we can freeze our sobriety and not not grow and that can lead to a slip up uh if we're not careful or we can unfreeze and thaw ourselves out and grow up so there's there's two rules of of three i thought yeah, you know, yeah. we, we and can... and the third the third the growing up is the emotional sobriety it is. It's exactly that. Mm -hmm. It's exactly that. And it, it frequently involves pain and, a, and another gift of desperation, which stimulates me to work on my character again, which then allows me to stand in the sunlight of the spirit. So it's, it's, uh, it's the growing up. It's the, it's uh, which, yeah, which follows pain sometimes. But one of the other things that I discovered and I've written about this too, is a letter between Bill Wilson and Father Ed Dowling. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, Bill used to send chapters of the 12 and 12 to Father Ed that he was working on. And he would ask him for comments. And he sent uh, the chapter six, step six, yeah. uh, to Father Ed. And, and, and Father Ed wrote back and said, so what do you mean by separates the men from the boys? Now, when I saw that, when I first read it, 
set this separates these steps separates the men from the boys i thought bill was saying they're tough you know it's kind of like that when the when the going gets tough the tough yeah right right it's a, but then what bill wrote back to father ed is what i mean by separating the men from the boys the boys still need the lash of pain to accept their character defects and begin to work on them mm -hmm. i thought whoa and then he went on he said men experience the pleasure enough to know that they don't have to wait for the pain they don't have to wait for the lash of life right to... don't have to crash and burn exactly yeah well, a huge insight for me it was transformative for me I don't need pain. I can start working in my character at any time. Right. Well, that's that's Richard Rohr's great line. Yes. Two things yeah. powerful enough to change a person: pain exactly. or prayer. Prayer. Most people choose pain. Yep. Yep. And then Bill's metaphor, growing from childhood to adulthood, is so important because it, it's not like I flipped a switch. I didn't read that, discover that, and never experience pain again. Lots of times I had to wait for pain to drive me to character growth or removal of a defect. Mm -hmm. But occasionally I would start saying, well, I don't have to wait for the pain. I just <laughs> and now there, there really is a softer, easier way. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And, and, and that's what the to, steps are about. And yeah. back to that slave and ego, you know, it took some work. Yeah. I had to work at it, but once I started that, it, it, it's a much better way to live. Much better. It's much less painful. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, I kind of I know where this is going to lead. Can I cut it off at you know at the head of the stream uh, before it gets too far down there? And that's but that's where you you talked about ten, eleven, twelve. Well, yeah. 10, continuing to take inventories is absolutely vital right. uh, for, you know, in this, for me in this process, mm -hmm. uh, because it's the inventories that reveal the defects. Right. Right. It's the inventories without that. I don't know where to start. I, no, know, I, that's the watchfulness. The, yes. Watchfulness. Yeah. This, I got this up from Tom Powers, who helped Bill Wilson write the 12 and 12. Yeah. You know? But a line that just shocked me in a wonderful way. If you don't watch, you don't know what the hell to pray for. Uh, you know, I didn't, I've never heard that, but I, that's a brilliant. It's brilliant. It it, really if you're is. not doing 10, yeah. 11's going to be phony. It, it's yeah, not good. It, you're going to miss it. <clears throat> you're going to miss it. Because yeah. if you're not watching ego at yeah. work in yourself, <clears throat> That's the whole purpose of prayer. It's a realignment of false self with true self, of ego with, with mm -hmm. God. You know, it's it's um, and and that little self <laughs> needs power and it needs guidance yeah. and it needs and it, and Andy, like you said, it needs unconditional love too. That's what it's really searching for. Yeah. No, it's uh, and Bill writes. Uh, there's just one, uh, several passages in the big book that they all tie together. But he talks about self-examination, prayer, and meditation. Right, woven together. The flow. It, yeah, yeah, it's a flow. It's it, it, it working together. It's like three cogs, and they're right. rotating. And it's just a. It's but initially it was pain that drove me to that. You know, sure. I. 
that worked first with drinking Uh, the the pain drove me to you know i've got a geez this is going badly i'm (laughs) you know car accidents and 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 embarrassing this is it was it was not pleasure that drove me to the program it was pain and that drove me through my first cycle of the steps but then i did i did another cycle and i did Mm -hmm. and so i and 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 i i keep back to the ups i keep growing up which avoids slip-ups exactly exactly i mean i've i've kind of come to this thing in my in my own uh checking on myself you know when my when my behavior or my emotional response or reaction to a situation is disproportionate to the event it's my inner child yeah i'm i'm six years old yeah i'm stuck back in that cave as a little kid who's uh wanting to throw a temper tantrum I, I was driving, listening to one of your podcasts, and I, and I heard this before, but I laughed. I almost drove off the road uh, <laughs> when uh, you talked about the story of uh, of a researcher, and, and he wanted to find out more about alcoholism and, and for a psychological research or something. Yeah, yeah. And he, he approached a, a mentor who was a, a genius in working with alcoholics, and and the and said where where can I find good research and 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 his mentor <laughs> he said read any textbook on child psychology that's right that's right <laughs> and you'll have you'll have nailed the alcoholic that's line. right I, that's and right. it's so so true you know I I do an annual inventory every year at my yeah. and and last year the defect that I walked away f- with to work on for 2023 was it was back to, it was like going back to the future it was childish grandiosity again it just it was still manifesting in my life you know this is after you know 45 years of sobriety and all right. these days. still i can default to this childish grandiosity right that's right yeah. and that to me that was the the source of Wilson's depression, his, his default was back to his rejection that I'm not good enough. The rejection that he received in childhood from his father leaving, from mm-hmm. his mother leaving, mm-hmm. you know, the hole that got created in that guy's soul was yeah. so deep. You know, and I got to become the number one man. That's right. What was what he set out to do. Yeah, because that gave him value. It's the only thing that did, but it was so false. There's never enough of it. Well, not only false, but it's, and he writes about, he uses the word dependency. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be the number one man in, in the world's eyes is yeah. to be a slave to the world. That's 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 uh, an important uh, addition to that. That's right. Yeah, you're absolutely dependent on what the world ranks as number one. Completely right. dependent. Right. You know, and and uh, that's the trap. It is the trap. Yeah. There are other traps, but that's a big one. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> no shortage of traps out there, Andy. <laughs> you you guys well, in the North Woods ought to know that uh, pretty well. Oh yeah, that's. <laughs> We have a lot of them. Some, some, <laughs> some 
some, some bite, some crush. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All over the place. Yeah, uh, of- I want to I uh, join two of these little reflections that you have in there together, because I think they, they kind of kind of go go together. Uh, one is if you can spot it, you got it. Mm. But the other one is pray for the SOB. Yeah, they, they really go hand in hand, don't they? They can. They yeah, can. yeah, yeah. So talk about that. When I'm in the zone, they do link up. Right. Yeah, they, uh, they pray for the SOB. That was my, it was my first experience of applying the steps in one of my affairs in life. And I, I became so angry with a fellow that I actually became desperate enough to talk to my sponsor. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he said, I'll never forget. He said, I've only been as angry as you are once in my life. And the solution hurts so much. I never let myself get that angry again. I thought, oh, Lord, what's the solution? And he said, you have to uh, you have to get on your knees in the morning. And you have to talk to God about this guy. And be honest. And, and so I remember I, I got on my knees the next morning. And I remember saying, God, Frank said I had to get on my knees and talk to you about this guy. You know what I think about him. You know my heart. You know everything. You know I don't like him. I don't want him. I want nothing to do with him. And, and I, I think I said something like, it's been said that you make never make mistakes. I think you made a mistake with this guy. And, and it just if you could take him away, that would be great. Right. And then every morning I did it. And about a week later, I found myself, the prayer changing. And, and I was talking to God. And I said, God, I still don't like him. I still don't want him in my life. But if for your universe to unfold, something good has to happen to him, I'm okay with that. And then about a week after that, I found myself saying, to my utter surprise, God, I don't want him, I don't like him, but bless him. Hmm. And that changed, it changed my my attitude towards, it. the whole relationship changed. It was the first time I'd used a step or a program process to, to solve a personal problem. And it, w- it was just magical. But part of that magic too was, yeah, it was it, it, which is the spot, if you spot it, you got it. And this is where they're connected. When I see something that irritates me or makes me angry, mm-hmm. with a 90% degree of confidence, I'm doing the same thing. Or I couldn't I just, see it. I, I wouldn't see it, yeah. Well, I, you know, but as so now in my in my inventory, my my daily, my weekly, my monthly, my quarterly, my annual inventories, if something is irritating me or making me angry, as I say, that's a with a ninety percent degree of confidence. I that's a mirror. I I'm looking at it in my life. I'm doing that. Yeah. If somebody cuts me off in traffic, within seconds. I, I realize if I'm aware, I'm cutting somebody else off in traffic. Or at least I wanted to. Or I wanted to, or I tried to. Yeah, yeah. Or thought about it. If, yeah, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if I hear somebody gossiping and that irritates me. Right. I, I, I think back and I said, well, geez, I was doing the same thing just an hour earlier. But I don't want to look at my stuff. I want to look at his stuff or her stuff. That's right. And, and yeah. so it seems to be inside my head. And, I, and the guys that I work with, they discover the same thing. Right. What irritates us and makes us angry in the behaviors of other people, we ourselves are doing. And so it's for me, it's been a huge. So it turned, you know, this guy that I had to pray for, 
all of the stuff that he was doing, all of the defects that I identified in his character, I had. Mm -hmm. And if I spot it, I've got it. You know, the, the other, the other huge, rule is, huge lessons, huge lesson. Yeah. The other rule that we often hear in the rooms, if, if you're pointing at somebody like this, there's three fingers pointing back at me. Mm -hmm. So no, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, uh, but what I was awfully good when I came into the program, I discovered I was awfully good at taking everybody else's inventory. I mean, I, I, it was a gift, you know, yeah. stunk at taking mine. <laughs> well, yeah. So this lesson was really important for me uh, to own, it's, own my stuff. We like to practice these things, don't we? Yeah, we need to. <laughs> we like yeah. to practice on other people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's one of the gifts of being a counselor. I learned that. It really is one of the benefits of being a counselor. I mean, you don't get paid a hell of a lot. Oh, yeah. But you get to see yourself coming in front of you yeah. over well, and over and over. Same thing is true for being a sponsor. Or, or yeah. I was going to say working with newcomers or being a sponsor. Exactly. That's right. That's right. It's the yeah. same thing. Yeah. You know, you and you teach what you want to learn. Well, and and to learn you should teach you know, right. and and teach with beginner's mind you know so it all kind of comes together yeah it all comes together here there's it's, two more i want to cover before we sure. before we end hey uh, these are two meditations uh in this chapter one is titled being where i am now emphasis mm -hmm. on the now mm -hmm. and the second is giving or getting mm, yeah well, yeah they're different but um let's yeah, have adam being where i am i heard that again it was a share at a meeting and, and i thought you know there's there's so much depth there because it, it, to be where i am i'm here now i'm standing here and i'm i'm looking at you in the in the screen but i can be somewhere else in my mind absolutely I, I, I can be driving and, and it looks like I'm driving. It looks like I'm paying attention, but you know, I, I parked the car and I think I try to recall, how did I get here? And I, you know, I, I've forgotten all the details because I wasn't paying attention. Right. I'm frequently, even though I'm here, I am somewhere else. And her observation being where I am is to be here dealing with, what's around me and paying attention being mindful of what's around me and and, and to tie it into this uh, chapter emotionally present exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so mm -hmm. it, that that being where i am you know i can i can, I can look like i'm paying attention to you but in right. truth I'm just, I'm just you know in a, in a in me business meetings it may look like i'm paying attention to what's being said really i'm rehearsing what i want to say and, and, and same thing in AA meetings, eh? Same thing in AA meetings. So, yeah. so being where I am, it's, it sounded so simple, but it's it's so profound. It's just, well, Eckhart told the, the power of now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's where God is. It's in this moment. Yeah. You know? I, I, I'm a lawyer, so I love words. But there's a, a cute little word game that you can play. If you've got two words, one word is now. And the other word is here. 
-hmm. And as long as there's a gap between those two words, we have now and here. I'm in the moment. But if we lose the gap and you bang them together, you have nowhere. And I'm nowhere. So instead of now and here, I bang them together and now I'm nowhere. And you're talking about the I. Is that what you're getting at? The, the, the well, the, that they, that it, the separation, the separation. It's, yeah. As in London, if you go to London, it says mind the what? gap. Mind the gap. Yeah. Mind so, the gap. So I tell my guys, mind the gap. Keep the now and the here separate. You're now mm -hmm. and you're here. You're not nowhere. You are now and here. For me, the same is that same lesson is 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 vital for understanding God. Yeah, you can't understand God. Yeah. You know? uh, no. Forget it. Forget yeah. it. Yeah. But if you get those two together, you experience the yeah. presence. Yeah. Yeah. You until you... until you separate them again. Yeah. yeah. Which doesn't take long, usually. Yeah. No, it can happen like that. <laughs> like that. Like yeah. that. Giving, giving, or giving getting. It was a, a Sponsi. You know, he he taught me this. It was a great lesson. I can go to a meeting, use an AA meeting as an example. I can go into a meeting with one of with with two different attitudes, one of two different attitudes. I can go there to get something, right. or I can go there to give something. And and that I, that's true for AA meetings. It's true for getting up in the day. It's true for meeting somebody for coffee. Am I there to give, or am I to there to get? And it always works out better if I'm there to give. Never, and it, it's suboptimal to get. And, and you know, coming back to the old timers, long timers, you hear guys complaining and gals as well, but uh, people complaining about, I'm not getting anything out of my AA meetings. You know, it's right. it's all old. I've heard it all before. I'm not getting anything. So I'm, I, they, I'm, I'm not going to AA meetings anymore. And right. I think, so, oh, 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 you're not there to get, you're there to give. And if you're not, if you're unsatisfied with the meetings, it means you're there to get, not to give. So that's that's the lesson that I've I took away from his little expression to give or to get. And he and he just said, you know, I when I'm when I'm feeling bored or disconnected, I think, am I there to get or am I there to give? Which is what spirituality is really all about. It's it's selflessness. It is. It yeah. is. It is. And it's important to give, you know, in love too. That, that right you know, to give an anger is unhelpful. Yeah. Two two quick lessons that that I learned the similar similar thing. One one early sobriety went to a meeting went back to my sponsor said that was a lousy meeting and exactly that was his his retort what did you bring to it yeah <laughs> the other the other was from a different guy who said who said um i i go to meetings to stay sober mm. if i happen to enjoy them that's mm. lanyap yeah that's yeah. extra yeah. you know yeah. and, and i think both are true yeah. Both are true. And Boy, it, the and ego loves to be entertained, doesn't it? It just uh, it does it and, entertain me. It's I'm out of here. 
and I often hear old timers, you know, they there's oh, I'm tired of meetings, people droning on about their problems, and you know, nobody's talking about the solution. Nobody's and they and they bitch and bitch and bitch. Excuse my language, but that's quite. I speak the I speak the language. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Glad to hear it. Glad yeah. to hear it. I have I have the blessings of an Episcopalian. Absolutely, priest. that's good. <laughs> but I say to them, then the thing you should focus on is give an example of what you'd like to see in the meeting. Show them how to talk about the program. Show them how right. to talk about the solution. Show them that life's problems can be dissolved and resolved by application of these steps to your life. Yeah. And if I'm living in the now and bringing my now to the table, yeah, then people are going to relate to it. Yeah, exactly. If I go to the meeting and I'm going to talk about how I was 30, 40, 50 years ago, I'm not in the now. They're not in the now. Yeah. And and we ain't really meeting. No. No. And, and we're not seeing the, the 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 what what it means by that spiritual awakening. Right. Right. You no, know? we're not and sharing back, in that. And back to the point, we yeah. go to these meetings not to get, you know, initially, yeah, for sure, sure. When we're newcomers, we're getting, but very quickly we give. And if we don't, <laughs> and you keep going to meetings, you're just going to become a long timer, not an old timer. There you go. There yeah. you go. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen, uh, time to wrap up. Uh, I okay. want to, I want to, yeah, it was good. It was good. Thank you. Thank you, Andy, for, uh, for sharing uh, some of your experience, strength and hope as we, uh, as you've gone along for how long, 40, what years? 40, 46, 46. All Last right. Month. Last you're month. getting respect. You're getting respectable, man. I, I, that's, that's, you're almost there. <laughs> All right. You keep coming back, buddy. And I yeah. want to thank our listeners. Uh, I, I, I hope uh, some some of some of these gems were were helpful for you. Uh, again, go to the um, uh, the show notes uh, un, under the listings here, and you'll you'll find a, a link to Wilson's thing on emotional sobriety. And I encourage you to read that and uh, even more importantly, to yeah. start practicing it. So it's time for all of us to grow up. Next uh, episode, Andy's going to come back and we're going to focus on this 12-step journey and, and, and the effect that the steps have on our self-will, on our self-centeredness. You know, it's the root of the problem. The alcohol, the drugs, the food, that's the symptom of the problem. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to dig around some roots next time. So uh, please come back. Uh, Andy, uh, look forward to catching you next time. And uh, thanks so much for, for listening. Everybody, God bless. And you guys keep coming back. Mm -hmm.